Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Habibis, three game developers drinking good Arab tea. I am your host for this week, Osama Dorias. And I'm Rami Ismail. And I am Fauzi Mesmar. Have wow. you? Oh, okay. I'm the host. I speak first. <laughs> yeah, wow. Those are the rules. Wow. <laughs> You already you already spoke first. I don't know. Like you want to it back for you? <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. How you been, Robbie? What did you want to say? Alhamdulillah. I was just like, wow, that went entirely smooth. I know, and then it didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's how it goes, right? Whenever something goes right for us, then we have to point it out and then yes. that messes it up. <laughs> so we perfect. just nailed it. So we nailed it. Smackdown as the host. You know, one thing <laughs> one thing I've realized over the over the you know what is it almost two years of editing this show now um, is that we don't actually have to play the intro for ourselves. Like we could just start, but it just feels better with the music. I don't know. It like, hypes just, me up, man. No, yeah, I right. want yeah, it does. Such yeah. good intro music, Malik Sabayla. <laughs> such good intro music. Yeah, uh, we've done it a few times without the music when it was just me and Fauzi uh, recording. Just, it's not the same. Nah, yeah, nah. It's not the Need same. The music. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I agree. I'm, I'm just happy that we all agree on that because God, <laughs> I would, you know, it, it takes a minute off of the recording, but it makes for yeah. much better recordings. I have such a connection to that song now. It's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah, makes me happy every time. Both the intro and the outro and the Sahur bites one. <laughs> oh, <it's laughs> what is one again? Soon. soon, soon is coming it's up. It's like end of March this year. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're like uh, what? It's like, been a year already. I feel like Ramadan is the, the constant the reminder that I'm aging very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every year, it always it always comes too fast. Yeah, I just realized that GDC is going to be during Ramadan this year. Yeah, the beginning of Ramadan. That's going to be uh, interesting. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, that's going to be. I'm sure GDC will have great, great like. They'll have great things to make sure that it doesn't get into. It's actually like, yeah, the first two days of Ramadan are during during the Game Developers Conference. Perfect timing. <laughs> I'm sure they'll have iftar and like. Oh, I'm, know, sure. Like, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll take care of that. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm on the board. I'm, I'm both gonna, excited I'm and scared <laughs> of the, the Game oh, Developers Osama Conference. Osama, though, like this is a reason for me to go to GDC. Then let's do some let's do some GDC Ramadan stuff. Let's do it. I'm excited. Let's get, let's get everybody together. We'll do an iftar, a proper yeah. one. Yeah, like proper one. Yes. That's not, okay. Maybe I'll go to GDC after. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fozu, you got to come too. I would love to. Yeah. All right. I'm very concerned about GDC. First of all, there's going to be jet lag every time yes. now when I'm flying from Europe to uh, to GDC. It's uh, yeah, I just wake up at 3 a.m. and I feel like lunch. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, it's 3 a.m. I want the steak. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily it's San Francisco. For, so for like $45, you can get the steak. Yeah, $45. <laughs> you can buy three sheep for that price. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no. I was not going to go, actually. My plan was not to go. I, I actually had two, I had two options. One, I don't mm. go. Two, I do go, but instead of going to GDC, I invite my friends to come fly with me, and I just rent an airplane for three days. Mm. And I just go and take people on trips over San Francisco and the Golden Gate Bridge. I so mean, you could you could totally do that. Oh yeah, yeah I'm on in. board. Can I, can I fly again? <laughs> yeah, Although I promise I'm to not be on my best. Dive. <laughs> I'm going to be in control of that airplane, Osama. 
Hey, I'm an experienced flyer now. I did better than the last time. That's how it works, right? <laughs> I don't know, Yosama. Like, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead and say, two Arabs in an airplane diving near San Francisco. <laughs> We're not gonna do that. We're not gonna. We're do not. That. I'm gonna be in control of the airplane. We're not gonna. Do it. We could get a slightly bigger airplane and and yeah. bring Fauzi along. Oh, Fauzi would fit. Like. Fauzi would totally fit in the I, I don't know what you're trying to say. This is like the first time you even <laughs> insinuate that I'm on a, a more than medium sized person. I think Fauzi will literally not change the the, the full weight of the airplane. Like <laughs> he can go in the back. Are That's we are we gonna do like the matching Habibi dishdasha? Um, is that? Oh, um, I'm. Okay, oh, we gotta find a way to commission that, but I'm in. I can't. I can't like so I'm sorry. What we can do is that there's like the matching Habibi dashi, but all like with like uh, pilot uh, glasses. Aviator <laughs> <laughs> glasses, yes. Aviator like we glasses. We are never so, getting like, this like... airplane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you have to get the dashi in a color that matches one of my hats. That's my only condition. Well, no, you should get a hat that matches the Habibis. Yeah, but uh, okay, if you give me enough time, <laughs> right. I'll do that. No, but oh, yeah. We go to the airplane, man, and we'd be like, Salam, brother. The three Salam of us brother. would like to rent a plane. <laughs> this is Fauzi. I'm Rami. This is Osama. There's no way this is going to go wrong. We promise not to dive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as you, as you get the keys, you just go, Bismillah Rahman Rahim. See what uh yeah no okay how about we just don't don't do those things because i'm yeah, like yeah. i would none like to have things. the airplane <laughs> <laughs> none of those things uh we'll tuck our it... dish dashes in our pants and take them out after we get the keys <laughs> ask, you know how ask... comfortable that is <laughs> every time i've done that and i've done that I've yes. done that many times, you know, like you're waking up, you're comfortable, you're wearing comfortable clothes, you decide you have to hop outside to get some groceries, you're like, ah, I'm not going to switch all the way out, just jacket, <laughs> just jeans, just tuck them in, and it's just like, like, this is the most, why did I do this? Why, why did, did I, not, I do this? Why just didn't take I take it the two and a half seconds to just like put on a t-shirt? I've done it maybe once, but that was enough for me to be like, never again. I've done it, I've done it pretty frequently i'll, I'll admit because <laughs> okay at, we need a picture home, of this. I, wear, I, I just wear a chalabia just yeah, you know course. like it's just <laughs> so it's comfortable chill. i have uh, a lot of have... funny memory from uh, school when like somebody kind of forgets that they're wearing this when somebody passes a ball to them you know like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. playing football in recess and, and, uh, <laughs> and the dude just totally forgot that they're wearing this and they tried to kick the ball really hard and they end up like falling on yes, the back yeah <laughs> Yep. You have to lift it to, to be able to play yeah. soccer. You, have to you lift see it, it all the time. Not, yeah. Just yeah, with, not with your wide. teeth. You got to do it with your teeth. It's the only yeah, way. Hold it with your teeth you get yeah. running. Exactly. <laughs> yep. no, I love that. That's good stuff. Yeah. No. So so those are my two plans for GDC. Either I don't go or I go to fly airplanes. Um, go, come and let's fly airplanes. It sounds like a lot more fun. Yeah, to yeah. And, and plus, if it's Ramadan, like I would like to spend some Ramadan yeah. day, days with you, Osama. So well, I, I'm actually if talking if as if I'm, I'm going to GC. I haven't booked anything yet. I'm planning to go. I have a talk approved and I haven't booked anything yet because I'm waiting yeah. for some, uh, you know, like red, like, like some, what do you call it? Uh, red tape, I guess, right. from work yeah. to be able to finalize mm-hmm, everything. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I'm like 95% confirmed, not okay. 100, but yeah. you know. Close if enough. you do, let me know and I'll I'll start booking my stuff. And Fauzi, you are are you going or are you not sure yet? Yeah, yeah. So I, I should be even like speaking on a couple of panels. But um, 
I'm waiting nice. for my visa to be uh, complete. So oh yeah, hopefully, yeah. fingers well, crossed for that. The, the Arab experience, <laughs> it'll it'll take some time, but inshallah, everything. This will work. podcast, I was talking about the planes. I'm sure it will really help. Yeah, this really helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Frank's not back from his vacation, right? Yeah. <laughs> Frank is never on vacation. Frank oh, is no. always listening. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So. Other than this beautiful catch up, actually, I didn't do my uh, my part of the catch up. Right. Um, really quickly, <laughs> we didn't do um, catch up. We talked about I'm GDC kidding, for commission- seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, catch up. Let's time we go. Yes, I'm commissioning <laughs> art for my board game side oh, project. Amazing! Yes. So I started. Uh, it's going to be a slow process because I'm working on it. You know, being very mindful of my previous burnout, I'm not pushing too much, and I'm just doing it like mm-hmm. an hour a day max. Uh, so it's going to be slow, but it's, it's fun so far. And I'm at the point where I, I I can commission art, which is going to make it feel real. I don't know if you've uh, like gotten to this point for any of these side projects before that are not video games. But like it, to me, board games and card games that I've worked on before don't feel real until I commission art. They just yeah. feel like I'm, 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 it's a prototype. Yeah. Then when you commission the first piece of art, it, it, it's real all of a sudden. I don't mm-hmm, That's just mm-hmm. So I'm super excited about that. Um, yeah, that was my catch-up. What about you two? Anything else to add? I mean, uh, yeah, go ahead, you go, go first. You go first. I don't have much, actually. I've been uh, playing a bunch of video games. What have you been playing? Uh, oh, so... Let's jump in. <laughs> you want to jump into that? Cool. I think, like, uh, the one I want to talk about the most is I played The Curse of the Golden Idol. After yes. we spoke about it on the podcast last week, I was like, I like Oberdin. I yep. like it when Rami is excited about things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, he, t- he talked up the game quite well. And he said, like, this does Oberdin maybe better than Oberdin. I was like, well, I need to give this a look then. <laughs> yes. I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of the game. Yes. I did the same. Uh, I also played The Curse of the Golden Idol. I finished ah, it, cool. actually. Oh, you finished it, huh? In practically one sitting. Like, I took a long break in between, <laughs> but yeah. it was almost one sitting. I couldn't stop. When I started playing it, I couldn't stop. It was so Yeah, good. I had the one setting, and it was uh, one sitting, and it was three hours. So yes, the first so- time I booted the game, I was there for three hours. Yes. Do you want to know how long it took me to beat the game, or do you want that to be a surprise? Oh, no, I don't mind if you tell me. So it took me about six hours to beat it. So you're, you're oh, okay. I would so, guess, halfway through. So really, you and I have the similar gaming patterns, it sounds. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly right. I played yeah. for three hours, then the, you know, came back and did it again for three hours after, which was perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. All right. So I'm going to try to describe this game. Uh, I'm very curious we, about this. We'll yes. dive into talking about uh, how we felt about it. Because uh, yes. uh, I'm, I'm getting the, the feeling that we both like it. Yes. But not to get too ahead of myself. So first things first, you know, we need to get this out the window. When Rami said that the game doesn't look nice or like it's not a looker, he was not off. (laughs) 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 I was really (laughs) waiting where that was going. Yes, I was like, is he completely wrong? What? I'm just like, "Mm." (laughs) No, no, he is completely right. I mean, like, eye of the beholder and all of that, but oof. You yes. know, <laughs> uh, it's not it's not the game's uh, biggest selling point. Though no. I do have to say that it does have a style of its own. Like you can yes. show me any screenshot of this game, and I'll be like, "That looks like Golden Idol art." <laughs> 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 if I ever seen any, yes. So it somehow manages to get. Um, uh, so it gets its own art style. Yes, for sure. And um, it is. 
uh, it does the job of capturing that this person has these exaggerated features. So when you see them later in the game, yeah. you recognize them. Which is very important because like a lot of the game is figuring out who those people are. And then when they later show up, that really helps you to build that uh, prior knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, like, I, I, dig- I digressed. But I would the describe is... the art as yeah. the artist was pretty good at pixel art, but pretty bad at drawing. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. I like that. Yes, I like but that. I like like the like. You're right. It has a style its own. It has a like a limited color palette, and it, it, it feels like the art fits the game. Yeah, it's recognizable for sure. It mm-hmm. it fits for what it's supposed to be done. It's not as stylistic or like you know striking or memorable as Oberdin, no. Uh, but it uh, it it is still like recognizable and distinguished for what it is. Mm-hmm. The gameplay of this game is that you are presented the scene, and that scene usually involves you know uh, it's like a it's kind of like a snapshot of an action sequence, like you know somebody. Like a, a po- like you know characters in motion captured in like the single frame, and in that single frame you can inspect those characters, you can inspect what they're carrying, you can hear what they're saying, and you can check out multiple areas in the environment, and then you have to piece together who those people are and what's what's going on. Um, uh, and the game starts out, this is not a spoiler, it's literally the first scene, like to just to illustrate an example. It starts out with two, with uh, one person pushing another person off the cliff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just that, it's just that scene. There's one person falling off the cliff, the other person pushing them. They're saying something to themselves and you can look inside their pockets and see what they're both carrying. Mm-hmm. And you can look around them and then from that information that you're looking, you can kind of deduct or sorry, deduce mm-hmm. what uh, what's going on. Once you th- once you get an idea about what's going on, you use that knowledge to fill in uh, the blanks in a in a in an interface with words. So you collect words and you use these words to fill in the blanks, and that blanks will tell the story of what happens. Once you do that, mission is uh, complete or that level is complete, and you unlock another level. And as the story progresses, as you play more levels, the levels actually reference the events that the, you and the people that you have seen in previous sections. Mm-hmm. So like the person that's pushing the other person, you may or may not later see them and uh, in a different point in time doing something else entirely and it helps you build up you know, how that moment came to be. That is really strong narrative. Uh, mechanism that I've uh, Oberdin in some way but also not you know Oberdin you traveled back in time almost through some objects to see what happened in that sequence and then use that prior knowledge to fill in what's going on right now whereas that these are not not chronological per se uh, which I think is very interesting Uh, it's impossible not to feel clever after you complete one of these right Yes, yes, they've nailed that. Absolutely. It's it's like, you know, you collect those elements, you put the things together and be like, oh my God, I'm like the world's best detective. I should should quit my job and go to the local police station and apply for detective first class because that's what my skill level is at right now. (laughs) It It does that splendidly. 
It really does. And I, I'll add, and I'll, I'll keep this as ambiguous as possible since you haven't finished the mm. game. I'll add that it starts some narrative threads that are not part of that necessar- necessarily that same sequence uh, that is a mystery and gives you just enough clues that if you pay attention, you could solve it in advance and you feel so good when you guess right. Yeah. Uh, and that's yeah. like separate to the puzzle. That's just like a narrative thing where a couple of times I'm like, wait, that doesn't make sense. That, <gasps> And I figured it out. And, uh, and then in the situations where I was right, I felt even more like an ace detective. Yeah. Yeah, they did that's, such a good job with all that. Yeah. Such an amazing job. There are some levels in which, uh, you know, like they resemble to me some old school like riddles that you would find in magazines in which like there's, you know, five people or six people on a dining room table and you need to guess which is which person belongs to which living uh, living room or bedroom or something like yes, that. Yes, yes. And you need to like, you know, have your prior knowledge. You need to have observation skills. You need to see what they like, what they're wearing, what they're eating mm-hmm. and piece all of that together plus like information you hear from characters talking to each other as well mm-hmm. get all of that together and piece that information so kind of almost you you're creating like a character profile yeah. about these like heavily pixelated characters and you're learning about their motivations through all different clues yeah. left and right and a lot of parts are left ambiguous on purpose but you have just enough information to figure it out it's a it's masterfully done. Like honestly, yeah. it's it's not just hey, this is a small indie team that liked Oberdin and tried to recreate something similar. It's not that at all. They really innovated in some ways and really did a good job. Like it feels polished uh, as a detective game. Like it really did. Yeah. There's Maybe like not visually, a, but otherwise polished. I'm gonna also like try to keep it ambiguous so that uh, people don't uh, get spoiled. But like you know, there's so there's this character at some point that that you deduce that you know is 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 a bum. You know, like it's the kind of person that's just like um, good for nothing, doesn't uh, can't hold the job, and keeps on wasting the money. And I think in one of the missions, you look inside their pockets, and they have a lot of coins, and you be like. What's going on here? <laughs> you know? yep, yep, yep. And like that kind of like gives you a clue to how you want to address this particular situation. Yeah. Very, yeah, very clever. I like that you know, well like, they create like the, the character personas or what they're likely to do and then utilize that in the puzzle solving. That's very smart design in my opinion. It is. It really is. I, I uh, I'm looking forward to see what else the studio comes up with because mm-hmm. um, I think Lucas Pope is not going to make another Oberdin. That's not his style. He just makes something completely completely different. But I I just realized how much I love this genre. Like these two games right now formed a new genre to me in my head, and yeah. I want more games of this genre with different stories, with different approaches, maybe different mechanics. But I love this genre, and I would love to play more. Games. So I'm hoping yeah. one of the opportunistic indie studios picks up on that and and you know carries it home yeah i've, I've been toying a lot with the, with the game idea in my mind for a while that is uh around murder mystery because i love this stuff i love like solving mysteries and it's about like um you know a non like a player knowledge accumulation style of mechanics similar to obridden so uh, for me it was like really interesting and inspiring for the, my own idea that's cooking to mm. see what those uh, what those peeps have been building. So you played. Uh, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. 
No, no, no problem. Go ahead. I was going to say, you played a bit of, of Gotham Knights. Uh, I actually designed the, the uh, CSI mystery sequences. In the, oh, in you did, huh? Yeah, I yeah, like yeah, that yeah. a lot. Also, oh, like, it's one you. of the reasons why I wanted to play that game is because oh, of the detective parts. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was well, I mean, me with a team, but I, the actual Obviously. mysteries themselves, I, de- I designed them. So I'm super proud of that. Uh, so they're super cool, man. I like Thank them a lot. I, I started the it. first one with the microwave. I was like, oh, yes, that's pretty cool. Yes, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Thank you. <laughs> that's super cool, man. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to playing more games like this. I like, like you know, murder mysteries are are so cool. And when yep. they like, I I feel like we're we're starting to see a lot of innovation on that in uh, in games recently. Starting with like Hitman uh, Three. Yes. Uh, Hitman Three had the like the the second level was such like one of the best murder mystery games I played. I feel in that <laughs> in that second level, and now this one is not that far off. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, so before I jump in, thank you very much for the recommendation, Robbie. That was super Come cool. On. Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah. was, I was loving the game. I was, I was honestly, um, I was happy that I could give the recommendation because I thought you, you two would have played it. But yeah, no, uh, no yeah, this is really cool to get to to get to give two of my my best friends one of the best games of the year. That was uh-huh. very that made me very happy. And I'm happy that it made my list, even though I mean our list, even though I didn't play it. <laughs> it would have anyway, I think, if yes. we had played it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, definitely. And like you know, I was talking about Hitman Three, the second level, which is heavily inspired by Knives Out, which kind mm-hmm. of like brings me to the other topic I wanted Ooh. to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> this is an onion segue. <laughs> you know, <laughs> onion, some might say. <laughs> Yes, the amount of times the this podcast makes me want to just play the outro music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you watch, you watched it. I watched it too. I watched the new movie I watched called three. Glass Onion: A Knives Out Mystery. <laughs> I did the same. All three of you have watched it. All right, so I'm going to yeah. shut up for a second. <laughs> Go, Rami. It's your, you're up. <laughs> I, I couldn't mute myself on time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard that. I was like. Mm. Did you did you want it to shut up because you wanted to shut up, or did you want to shut up because you needed to sneeze? Like I don't. Know. A bit of both. A bit of Save both. Me. <laughs> well, I mean, I liked it. I liked it. I it was it was. It, I think it would have been tough to beat Knives Out. Yes. And I like that it didn't try. It was just very comfortable being exactly what it is. And that that was it. That was what it did. And it did that really, really well, I feel. I agree. Uh, so, actually, because, you know, they're both mystery type mm-hmm, uh, whodunits mm-hmm. with a detective who shows up and tries to solve uh, usually a murder. I think in both cases, in this case, eventually was a murder. Uh, and the what was great about them both is that they had surprise. Both had surprise, but the surprise is more potent when you don't see it coming. And I think that's why Knives Out has an edge. It was the first movie, and so uh, you didn't know what was. What we, I didn't know, at least I, I'm speaking for myself. I didn't know what to expect, and so I was more surprised because it was a first experience. And I think that Glass Onion was the best it could be. Because it really right. captured the joy and the you know it was funny and the the same style as Knives Out, 
but I don't think it could have easily surpassed the, right. the first one simply. Right. Mm-hmm. And that just happens in, in media in general. Even if the second one is better crafted than the first, those feelings that the first one gave us are hard to shake off, hard to ignore. Yeah. Like, yeah. When you play the first Assassin's Creed, it's hard to argue that it's better than the second Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed is, 2 is a better crafted game. But you don't get the same exhilaration when jumping off a tower in Assassin's Creed 2 as you did in 1, because it was just the first time you've ever done that. And I think sure. it's similar in this sure. case. That's very fair. Uh, I feel like the, 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 the structure and the story of the first Knives Out movie was a lot more... Uh, it was a lot tighter. Yeah. Um, I think like um, the the first one like avoided avoided some cliches and embraced some you know like I think uh, the first one embraced the cliches of what the murder mystery Agatha Christie style movie should kind of be like mm-hmm. and it embraced that and like it represented it really really well uh, but it did not present uh, uh, cliches in how the 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 murder solution came to be you know right, it was right. totally like a last revelation kind of thing but you could not have seen it coming mm-hmm, no matter mm-hmm. how hard you try uh, i found in like in glass onion there were you know there were some things some twists and i don't want to spoil it to anybody that i did not like because uh, i feel like oh no they actually did that oh yeah they did you know mm-hmm. yeah. that part i did not kind of enjoy but what i did like is that I, I loved Edward Norton's character. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved like, you know, like it's uh I love the satire take on what the what the 1% are like, you know, like what like an Elon Musk yeah. type mm-hmm. personality that just like highly opinionated but just says a lot of hubris and <laughs> uh nonsense. Mm-hmm. And states them as like you know like compassionate facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I just love that satire a lot, and I think that's the thing that really made the movie. You know, like um, how those personalities are represented in a state of fiction. Yeah, I, I I fully agree. I I will add you know like the the um, the premise of the whole thing is is really clever, right? It, it's it's fun and it's simple and it's kind of preposterous. And I felt the central mystery and the twists were really well done. I like that they gave us a bit more time with the characters before things started happening. Yeah, which was really nice. Like I, I actually really like that. The movie sort of has like a, a midway like hinge, right? Mm. Um. I did You know, like I, something bad is going to happen, but you don't know when. Right. And it, it was interesting because it was kind of like, it, it fits very well with the sort of whodunit, right? Like, uh, instead of like, what happened, we're spending some time getting to know who might have done it. And we start to see a little bit of why they might do it, but nothing has happened yet. And there was a really fun tension in that that I really enjoyed, like... You know, besides just like the usual who did it, I also spent uh, a bunch of time watching that movie with some friends going, who'll kick the bucket? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Because even that was unclear in the movie. And and I just kind of love that. I will say I was not a big fan of the ending. I was mm-hmm. a big fan of the case coming back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a big fan of the ending. 
yeah. uh, f- felt a little. Um, it didn't feel smart. It didn't feel satisfying either. It just felt like the the ultimate conclusion is satisfying, but the the sort of like middle conclusion is kind of not. It's like it's, I could I could see why you would feel that way. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah same. I mean, there is a version of events that happens that is very probable with the events that happened, where you know Benoit Blanc ends up ends up in jail himself. <laughs> and I'm just no, I just like I don't think that character would do that, right? Mm. Uh, but at a great, I had just such a good time. It's a good movie. Yeah, that was really it was joyful to me. Gave me a lot of joy. There were a lot of parts to it where I was kind of like, eh. but like it's still. I think it, it the 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 weight of the first movie was hold, gonna hold it down. It needed to be do something big and extravagant, yeah. or it felt like it needed to. Maybe it didn't. Maybe that that was a mistake. It was, but it felt felt like it needed to, and I think that's what held it back. Right. Otherwise, I still recommend it. I, it was a star-studded cast. The personalities that are displayed by all the different characters were a lot of fun, and the interactions together were a lot of fun. There were tons of cameos. That was a lot of fun, like a lot yeah. of things like that. Like yep. it was just a pleasure to watch. Yep, for sure. I feel like it started the franchise now. You know? Yeah, like um, the first one started the franchise really, but this one said like, no, no, there's gonna be more of this because people like uh, this. I yeah. will watch more right. Benoit Blanc every day. Like I'm just bring it every year a new one. I'm I'm good. I'm so what's what's that. gonna be the title of the next one? What do you think? Is it going to also be a Knives Out story, or is it gonna be a Glass Onion story? No, it's gonna be a nice. It's gonna be a nice house story. But I, I heard, yeah. I heard uh, Johnson really hates that subtitle. Yeah. So yeah. I hope they get rid of it. But, yeah, that that came from yeah. a marketing person somewhere for yeah. sure. Yeah, exactly. And it makes sense that, like, if not, I had never realized that Glass Onion is a follow up. Yeah. Because I, I didn't realize that would be a follow up. Oh my god. <laughs> right. That oh makes a god. lot more sense. Speaking of watching things. <laughs> Yes, I um I watched the uh, first episode of the Near Automata anime. Oh, how Ooh. is it? You know what? I think they're here's the thing. I think they're picking up an impossible challenge, right? Like Near Automata is one of those stories that you can. It, it's a video game. It, it's a video game story. I don't think there's a way to tell that story properly in another medium, right? Because a, a large part of Near story. Is sort of like built on this notion that you play the same story, multiple perspectives, but it's also not the same story. It's like five iterations of the same story uh, as it could have happened, like, you know, if people could travel back in time and make different choices or something, right? Uh, near, near story is non-linear, but it also doesn't really have a canon. There's not like the story of Nier Automata. Um, and somehow they needed to adapt that for television. And so far, you know, episode one is just episode one. It covers the intro of the game up until the um, up until the installation screen, um, and it covers it very. Uh, it's a very dutiful uh, cover. It's it's kind of weird because they have this really beautiful, very uh, smooth uh, um, animation um, for large parts of it, and then they have a bunch of three D stuff that really looks like PlayStation One FMVs. <laughs> maybe playstation 2 fmvs if we're being wow. very generous uh but they mix and match those pretty well so i'm just like huh what huh what 
it's very pretty and not. I can't imagine uh, that. I have to see it. Yeah. I mean, the music is there, which, you know, like the music of Nier Automata is phenomenal. Um, mm. But they're basically, so far what I've seen is they're, they're picking, I think they're trying to reconcile, for those who played it, I think they're trying to reconcile storyline A and B into one storyline as sort of like the main storyline and then putting C as a linear progression of it, which if you've played Nier, that'll make total sense. If you haven't played Nier, it won't make sense at all. Um, but it's it's kind of fascinating to see them try. So it's pretty. I really like this first episode. I'm curious where they're going to do it and if they're going to do it, where they're going to deviate from uh, the, the way the story can only be told in games because if they're going to try and do it like in the games, it's just not going to, it's not going to make sense. One of the things I like the most about Nier is the soundtrack. That's there. The, yeah, you recognize it. it. It is the same soundtrack. Oh, okay. It, like wow. literally the opening sequence has the same music, the, the, the choirs. The, it's the, it's mm. the music from the game. Um, even if just for that, 100% worth recommending actually. it. Yeah, it's great. It's so good. Uh, and you know, like all the all the sort of like iconic scenes are there. You know, the scene at the start of Two B crashing through the wall with their with their uh, flight unit, uh, with like the fifty five computer voices explaining that all the subsystems has been transferred to her. Like that's still there. But then, for example, that first boss fight in Near Automata, where you fight the giant like uh, construction machine. Yeah, that's now like four seconds. What? <laughs> She just literally tells the, the the pod to like overcharge and then fire. And the pod just makes a joke that now it can't do that again for like 13 and a half hours. Which is approximately, you know, like the the majority of the story for now. So um yeah. A, a funny, a funny like those are kind of like funny things, funny changes, but it, it's it's good. I like it. Do you know how many episodes is it, Rami? I think it's twenty-four. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not. And they seem to be about 30, 35 minutes. Okay, yeah, standard anime stuff. Yeah. I might give it a go. I, I would recommend it. I can't tell you whether it's going to stay good. I normally never watch TV series as they're going. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's near. Like, just the chance of listening to that music again was good enough for me. I, I just okay, added I it to my out. list. I can't promise if I'm going to watch it, you know, far or near to this timeline, but I will watch it eventually. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, 12 episodes in, I'll give you an update. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Um, okay. Do we have so, time for one more thing or uh, we're switching gears? I think we can do your thing. Go for it. So I, uh, I watched another thing. Uh, on Netflix, it's called Pepsi. Where's my jet? <laughs> Pepsi, where's my jet? I thought it's very funny. It's a documentary oh, series. Is this this story about the the bottle cap guy? Yeah, so exactly. Ah. So I think in in, uh, in the eighties, in the nineties, in the nineties, Pepsi earned a bunch of commercials to, uh, to kind of encourage people to win stuff through a point system. Yes, and like uh, in, in one of those commercials, they were like, "If you collect this many commercials, you get a T-shirt or sunglasses. But if you get seven million points, you can win a Harrier jet." <laughs> and here's the thing: when they when they put on the video on the video advertisement on TV, when they put the picture of the Harrier jet and the kid winning the Harrier jet, they did not put the fine print <laughs> on that scene. 
saying like, oh. hey, this is a joke. Wow. And the documentary follows the journey of the, at the, back then, a 21-year-old uh, in 1996 who figured out a way to get 7 million points and started demanding Pepsi to give him his jet. <laughs> wow. Because yeah, you could you could not you could get the so I've heard this story many years ago, mm-hmm. yeah. but it was something like the jet is like seventy million or something, but yeah, you could buy the caps for like ten cents per per point or something, something like that. So he yeah. got somebody to lend him like seven hundred thousand dollars yeah. <laughs> i think because that's a great return on investment yeah that's <laughs> like a 10x plus or something he found wow. an investor basically to fund his uh trip against uh pepsi and even that at some point like michael Evanetti, which is like a, a really well-known uh, lawyer like he was the he was the lawyer that represented uh stormy daniel against uh donald trump oh wow <laughs> Uh, so he's like a high-profile uh, lawyer. At the time, he wasn't, but this was one of his first high-profile cases in which he was like representing him against Pepsi. Uh, but yeah, there's a, a lot of like uh, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't watched it or like people who haven't heard the story as it unfolded in the '90s. But it was cool to <laughs> to watch just like a four uh, four episode documentary. That. I'll add one thing. I I don't know if there are a lot of Simpsons fans watching. Are listening, but there is an episode of The Simpsons that spoofed this story called Bart ah. Gets an Elephant, where <laughs> Bart, <laughs> Bart calls it wins a radio, uh, like show type, you know, call in uh, contest, and uh, they has a prize that was either ten thousand dollars or an African elephant. And the African elephant part is a joke, but Bart insists on the elephant until they finally have to send him an elephant. Oh, it's a hilarious so show. And yeah, at the that's time, the same I, thing then. Yeah, and, at the time, I did not know that this was a spoof of a thing that happened in real life, but the timing is too perfect. Right. I, um, that's hysterical. Yeah. All, all but, I remember from the kid, because obviously this is somewhat aviation related, so it's kind of a, a known yeah. story. But I think. Part of the final ruling, you know, and I'm not going to talk about whether it was ahead or against, but there there were arguments in favor and against. And one of the arguments against was sort of like the the kid had said that it would be better than taking the bus to school. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong there. <laughs> He's like, I, I just like this kid. Just well, technically, kid. is right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's faster at least. Yeah. I don't know if it's better. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Anyway, okay. I, yeah, I, I need to watch that. I had no idea that th- somebody made a documentary about that. That's it's amazing. It's fun. Check it out. It's on yeah, we'll do, we'll do. It is on my list. I'm super excited to get to it at some point. Um, and thank you for that recommendation. And now it's time for a segment that we haven't had in a while. And as a result of not having it in a while, we have a little bit of a backlog to get to. I don't think we can get to all of it today, but at least we'll chip away at it. It is the email, my favorite, the email segment. Yes, we're back. So, <laughs> we are back. So I'll say, let's start with at least two. and We'll see how much time we have because we have about five minutes to wrap this up. So we'll start with the first two. The first one is super quick. Uh, the first one is from listener Tamir, uh, who says, it's, it's not a question. It is a statement. He says, Happy New Year. It's so good to hear the three of you again. You're my favorite podcast. Always making me laugh. 
Oh, happy new year! It's good to be back. We'll be back more frequently this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And happy new year to you too, Tamir, and to everyone else who's listening. Um, so that was one. That was a good that, one. That was pretty start. fast. Yeah, yeah. That was, was fairly straightforward. If we yes. can keep it at that tempo, we'll see. We'll see how many we can get through. <laughs> okay. uh, the second one is by Nicholas, although I suspect he might pronounce it as Nicola. Uh, because I believe he might be French. Uh, he says, Hello, the Habibis. I have a question mostly for Rami. Do you know of any aged people working as indie game dev? I feel video games are still a youngster thing. I'm curious if some are developed by retired people or even above 50-ish on their own. Thanks a lot for all the things that you're, the three of you are doing. Aw, thank you, Nicola. So yeah, Rami, I mean, you want to like he called you out. So do you want to start? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. There's absolutely people that are that are uh, older doing indie games, and I, I I can. There's definitely a few that are 50 plus. It is rare, obviously. Uh, independent game development is. A lot of people like to think that indie game development is less risky than AAA development, but by all means and purposes, it is more risky. Because uh, you're an entrepreneur, right? You you need to make sure the money comes in and that the money keeps coming. And uh, we have to make frequently relatively careful or conservative choices in, in how we make games and how we approach it. So it's not quite the dream everybody always believes. And it becomes a harder dream as you go through life. But I, even in my consultancy, I have people that come in and they're like, you know, about to retire or soon retiring. And they had a dream to make indie games back in the, in the in the 80s or 90s and they never followed up on that dream and now they're just looking at unity and unreal and 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 our game maker uh or or godot or pico 8 and they're just like i i'm gonna do it anyway Mm. um so it is possible but it is increasingly risky until retirement and at retirement it might be too stressful for a lot of people (laughs) so uh, it is it is rare it is uh but that doesn't mean it's not possible and if you are somebody like that and you want to get started or you you have questions feel free to reach out to me for you know any of the consultancies that i offer happy to talk to you the one thing i'll add to that if i may is uh, i do know a big segment of people who retired from making video games at bigger companies uh to teach and like who are you know 50 plus but who also still make games on the side as people who like not full indie but like half indies so i know a good chunk of teach like former game dev currently teachers indie dev like i don't know if that counts uh because it doesn't seem like exactly what you're looking for but like doing it as as kind of a serious hobby while having another full-time job seems to also be a viable route where because it, it removes the pressure that Rami's talking about like you're still going to be mm-hmm. able to pay mortgage and eat and all that but you'll still get the joy of making the like creating of making a thing yeah, yeah. yeah. i think i would just add that um i see in and uh, and and maybe in bigger companies, there's a, a it's a lot more common to run to people who are like you know 45 and above. Um, I've I've had a bunch of colleagues that retired, uh, you know, <laughs> retired retired uh, that we worked together, and then like you know that was their last week before they get, they're retiring and going to the sunset. So like, uh, it's a lot more common. And I do I know a bunch of people that um, used to make games like they started off as solo developers back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. 
and um, you know they've like grown with the interest industry, did a bunch of jobs, uh, brand companies, and stuff like that. And then they started approaching retirement age, and they were like, you know what, I want to go back to my roots as a solo dev and just mm-hmm. do my thing. And I know a bunch of those people are like making a bunch of interesting things. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, there's. Uh, on, on, yeah, on, on the uh, on the uh, um, Middle Eastern side, Shahid Shahid uh, Ahmed Kamal is mm. uh, somebody like or Shahid Kamal Ahmed is an example of that, uh, and he's been in games for like what forty plus years, and now he oh, went back wow. to indie. He was he was actually Shahid when he was uh, working at uh, at PlayStation was the person who signed uh, Super Crate Box and then Lufthrousers. Oh wow! Yeah. I, mean, some... I knew he was in industry a long time. I didn't know he was in industry forty plus years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he started young. He does a really cool uh, um, um, thread called "Code Is Just," where he mm-hmm. sort of like describes all of the stories from his career, and it's like it's very honest, um, and it it makes for good reading. So I I would recommend it. But yeah, he. he I think he wrote his first game in like the 80s, like early 80s, like 1981 or something, 1982, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So he's been here for a while. One of the founders of uh, Blizzard is half Egyptian, if I don't, uh, if I remember correctly, Alan Adham. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, I had never realized that, but now that you say either. his name, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah, Alan Adam is half is either half Egyptian or Egyptian American, but yeah, there's Egypt in that guy, and uh, yeah, <laughs> he's, Egypt in uh, all of us, he's the still on the executive leadership team of Blizzard. Uh, still, uh, yeah, he's one of the people that founded the company. I mean, since I started there, I've heard him t- speak at least one time. So, like, he's still active too. And, yeah, uh, yeah, no, he's yeah. a. He's he's a yeah a known uh, personality within the company. I had no idea that he was Egyptian. I didn't even. I think so. Yeah, that's I mean, awesome. the last name sort of gives a hint, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like yeah. you don't if you sometimes if you don't if you squint you, if you don't squint you don't see it right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just it's rare enough that you're not looking for it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that was a great question. Uh, we. Are, uh, like I could have maybe squeezed in another one, but I don't want to because the next one is actually pretty long and very heartfelt and I think deserves its own time. So I think this is a good time to wrap up and uh, send us more emails. I really love getting emails uh, <laughs> and we will read them, I promise. We have a few that we had missed. We'll go back and, and get them. Where uh, should people so... send them? Osama? Oh, yeah, that's true. We do have an email address. It's info <laughs> at thehabibis.com. Oh, that's yes. easy to remember. Is it wow. info at thehabibis.com? I think it is it's info, info at thehabibis.com. Thehabibis.com. Yeah. Did I say it wrong? No, no, you said it, <laughs> no, you said it right. We're just confirming. We're just saying it twice. We're just confirming. Good, good, good. <laughs> yes, so uh, in, in my usual messing up the outro. Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> let's just skip to the good part and say, Salam, let's put a doily on this episode and we'll see you all next time. I don't know. <laughs> Is that the outro, or is this you explaining that you're not gonna do the outro? Outros are hard, yo. Just <laughs> all right, all right. I'm done. Take care, everyone, and see you next week. Salam, salam, salam. That was the Habibis podcast for this week. 
I'm Osama Dorias, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Osama Dorias. My fellow Habibis were Rami Ismail, you can find on Twitter at T-H-A underscore Rami, and Fauzi Mesmar, who you can find on Twitter at Fauzi Mesmar. Send us your questions, stories, suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. Intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubaydah, and the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea, with new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting service, or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening, and salam alaikum. You're still recording, it's saying. No, I'm not. All right.